Oh, hey there, all souls. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you this day. Uh, I want to say just a few pastoral words about the election that is coming up a few days from now, um, and not because I particularly want to talk about it, but because how we relate to each other in the aftermath of a really contentious time and how much space we allow it to occupy our hearts and minds, these are exactly the kinds of things that Jesus is speaking to in the Sermon on the Mount. So first, extend some grace. Um, I mean, it has been an exhausting year already. I mean, that emotionally, spiritually, mentally, I see it on the faces of folks that I meet. I feel it too. Between the global pandemic, the economic uncertainty that that has injected into the system, into, you know, your lives, some of you, the loss of social cohesion that's brought about by this need we have to be physically distant right now, to avoid large gatherings. Add to that the summer of unrest, the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, so many others, the shooting of Jacob Blake. I mean, all those things have exposed these deep racial wounds that have always been there. And then we have this summer of mostly peaceful protests, some of which devolved into riots and violence, and they remind us just how fragile peace and justice really are. And all of that is taking place against the backdrop of this growing divide between urban and rural America, between the right and the left, between experiences of white people and, and black people and persons of color, between secularists and persons of faith, between cultural Christianity and the kingdom of God. I mean, all of that stuff was always there, humming along in the background of our world, but it has come to light this year in some really painful ways. And in some ways it feels like all of that pent-up anger and frustration and lament is coming to a head in just a couple days. Polls of the political landscape have increasingly painted what happens on November 3rd in these kind of apocalyptic terms. I mean, we have been assured that if the person we didn't vote for, right or left, gets elected, then that's going to be the end of America. And the end of America is at least one step before the end of the world. To quote the historian Martin Marty, the world is always ending. But the thing about apocalypse, though, at least for people whose eyes are trained on the kingdom, is that it is fundamentally about hope. The word apocalypse means to reveal some great knowledge or some great insight. That's why the last book in the Bible is called Revelation. And what is the secret to be revealed? Well, it's an open secret. And it's that in the end, what Jesus prays, what he taught his disciples to pray, that the kingdom come, that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that that is coming true, that that is the end of the story. Or the beginning of a new one where each chapter is better than the one before. The reality that Jesus came to reveal. Is it in the kingdom? Grace, truth, justice, mercy. In the end, those things went out over the powers of darkness and destruction and despair. Here's just a glimpse of that from Revelation 21. Then I saw 
a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And let me ask you, Anyone ready for the old order of things to pass away? And I guarantee you that the people who first heard these words of Jesus on the hillside, these words of the Sermon on the Mount, they were ready for the peace, for the shalom of the kingdom to break in and make everything new. After all, Jesus taught to a people who were in the thick of the oppressive totalitarianism of Rome. They were in a place where Caesar actually crucified those who failed to call him Lord. And so as we've been going through this message of Jesus, there is a whole lot of pain and uncertainty in the background. But with the world always ending, He gives this invitation to join the Spirit's work in pulling the future into the present. And the Sermon on the Mount is our training ground to live in this new order of things right now. We don't need to wait. In the end of the story, God comes down to establish a presence among the people. And in the reality of the Spirit, that same God is with His people now. And so please, you know, don't get me wrong, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the results of the election don't matter. They do. I voted. I'm sure most of you did. I'm sure most of you are planning to if you haven't already. But what I am saying, what I will stake my life upon and my call upon is that the kingdom is the most true thing we will ever be a part of. And the posture of followers of Jesus is to catch this vision of the kingdom and then live in the world in a way that reflects the kingdom. And you take that vision with you when you vote. And so here's the thing that I want you to remember. Over the weekend, over the course of next week, and that's this. Jesus is king. Do you believe that? And so far as I can figure, there is only one candidate running on that platform, and it's Kanye. I'm kidding. Don't email me. I'm not telling you to vote for Kanye. Jesus is king, and and what that means is that God is overall. It means that he is bigger than this election cycle. He's bigger than this moment in history. I mean, we belong to an ancient people that stretches back thousands of years, long before America and democracy were even a thing, and one that stretches forward into this day when all things are made new. And yes, we care for our country. We feel the acute pain over the turmoil within it, but at the same time, We belong to another king, to another kingdom, and our hope is not grounded in whoever occupies the White House or a 
political ideology, or even a form of government. Our hope is grounded in the kingdom that has come in Jesus. And so, regardless of what happens this week, remember that. The political landscape is always shifting. But the one who stands sovereign over all things is not. And I'm saying that because so many people have told me how anxious they are about what happens. Not even so much about who wins, although there is some anxiety over that, but just over how we deal with it. I mean, you can kind of feel that anxiety in the air right now, wherever you go. It's, it's fueled by the news media, it's fueled by the seventh circle of hell, which is Facebook. And if you don't believe me, watch The Social Dilemma. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to be people of peace. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, and those are the ones who bring this non-anxious presence into the world. Not peacekeepers who smooth out all of the bumpy places, but peacemakers who, with the presence of the Holy Spirit within them, go then into these overcharged places with the peace of the kingdom. And just simply remember, that's, that's who you are. And if you wonder what that means, ask yourself, do your actions bring peace? Do the things that you say to family, to, to friends, to neighbors, bring the peace of the kingdom, or do they bring the anxious stirrings of the empire? And it's so important because our city needs people of peace, your, your school, virtual or otherwise, your neighbors, your own homes. That is part of our calling, to be salt and light in the world. And last... We're a family brought together by the bond that we share in Jesus. And so in this time of toxic anger, in this time of contempt for those who think differently, in this time of racialized strife, of greed, of anxiety, in that time we are called to embody the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I mean... Can I just tell you how much we need all that? And so for that to take hold of us, we need to be a spirit-filled family, rooted and established in love, not because we are bound together by political ideology, but because we are bound to the king and to the hope of the kingdom and the vision for peace and flourishing and welcome to strangers that it brings. We need each other to sharpen each other, to, to listen to each other, to at times be challenged by each other, even as we are comforted by each other, even as we follow Him together. And look, I know you know all of that. But amid all of the noise, it can be really easy to forget. And so I just wanted to drop a little bit of a reminder that we are a people of hope. Even against all the signs to the contrary, our hope is aimed in the direction of the kingdom. And it's possible to lament the division and the divisiveness and the pain and the brokenness of our country and still retain hope that Jesus is Lord, that we worship a God who desires our good, who desires that we seek after him, who promises that his kingdom will come by the Spirit. That's what I'm going to talk about this weekend. I look forward to seeing you there. But until then, 
Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you are our King and our Lord. And so we ask that in these days ahead, that you would give us the strength and the peace to stand firm on your kingdom, to know that you are our shelter and our storm. To remind us that your followers are not waiting for a word from the right or from the left, but a word that comes from you from above. That's where our hope is grounded. That's where we will find our resilience to live in this world, to be salt and light. And God, let us be a people of peace to those who are anxious, to those who are worried, to those who may feel a sense of of anger, of concern, of whatever it is, God. May they see in us a hope deeper than this moment. May we pray this as continually as we breathe. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, Amen.